You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions. But uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur. But uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Vegas Bad Boys Podcast. I'm Matt Michaels with Simon Street, Sin City Steve. DJ Impact is currently still searching for his fuzzy white slippers, in which hopefully he will be back next week. And uh, if anyone out there knows where they are, please give them a clue, drop them a line, because three weeks for trying to find a damn pair of slippers is uh, it's not good at all. But we are ready to talk wrestling uh this past week was uh some uh, good stuff going on and uh let's start right away with our four all right four-way stop uh simon street what do you got well let me tell you i didn't get a chance sorry since they Steve, to watch any aew shows this week we'll try next week but did get a hell of a lot of wwe this week and Raw, man, yet again, they must know I must be liking the show, uh, but yet the world doesn't revolve around me. But it was awesome. Man, Kevin Owens, Johnny Gargano versus Alpha Academy. Man, really awesome. Like, like really good yeah. match through and through. Excellent execution on everybody's part. Um, I, I, I just enjoyed this match. It was just really excellent. I love seeing Kevin Owens, Johnny Gargano. Uh, you know, together doing just amazing stuff. Uh, you know, next, another great Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. Oh my gosh. I know we've all agreed on it, guys. Sami Zayn is the shit, not just on the mic, but in the ring. And he sure as hell showed it. And it, it you know, the honorary Oos spared no expenses. And it was just awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. Did you, um, did you put an yeah. S on that? Did you say the shit or the shits? The shit. The shit. Not the shits. (laughs) Wait a minute. Nah, nah, nah. Um, Other than that, NXT, uh, the only thing I can say that was really cool out of that show was the Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen versus Gallus, Wolfgang, and Mark Carfran. Really good match. Hard hitting. Um, I believe it was a pub's rules, so that was exciting from start to finish. Again, spared no expense. And last but not least, man, get to see Candice LeRae on freaking Raw. Mommy took time off. With this many mamas that's working in Raw and on WWE, they have to have an ongoing daycare that travels because every all the mamas are coming out to work for WWE. So and that was my four-way stop, y'all. All right. So, City Steve, what do you got? All right. So, Chris Jericho is still your Ring of Honor world champion after defeating Bandito on Dynamite. Now, the thing is, Bandito came into this match with what sounded like no one in the arena knew who the hell he was. And by the end of the match, they were rabidly cheering for this guy. So he obviously, you know, earned the respect and the adulation of the crowd. Um, And Jericho and Bandito 
both put on one hell of a main event caliber match for that ROH world title. Again, it's dynamite and they're main eventing with the ROH world title. Anyway, that's borderline on another, uh, another topic here, but whatever. Um, and fun fact after this, actually Bandito was presented with an AEW ROH talent contract offer after the match. So we're definitely going to be seeing more Bandito in AEW. Um, that's, that's very cool. Um, elsewhere, uh, you have, uh, the acclaimed still as your tag team champions. Um, it's always good to get the first title defense out of the way. And, you know, this match definitely served to do that. Um, they've already announced that next week, next Wednesday is going to be national scissoring day. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have a presence on the show next week. So that'll be pretty interesting. And I normally stick to just talking about AEW. But, you know, I leave WWE talk to most of you guys, but this is absolutely huge. There will be a special guest referee for the Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins fight pit match. And that referee will be none other than UFC Hall of Famer Daniel Cormier. Absolutely massive crossover move by WWE and the latest in a long line of things that Triple H has done since he's assumed creative control in pivoting things toward a much higher emphasis toward things that will earn mainstream attention from sports and media. So you, th you, long think time more, coming. you think that's more impactful than Dan Lambert? Come on. <laughs> Sin City Steve, long time coming. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. We've been talking about this for like three years, I, I swear. Yeah. R Riddle Cromier WrestleMania. There you go. Um, I like it. I Henley uh, Henley Fallon Mandy Rose yum 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 what a what a tasty match that was that was good good match for both of them solid uh Solo and Sammy versus Madcap and Ricochet that was pretty solid uh Cross's promo was on fire that was a really great uh, video and if there's more of that holy crap that's gonna be amazing the uh, Maximum Models Canadian record pose. Wow, man, KO. This arm short. This, this KO. This arm should be up a bit. Makes the pose more effective. Best line all fucking night. Uh, KO seeing Sammy backstage right after that. You need a new shirt. Some just gold going on, and then Sheamus getting that beatdown from Imperium was just fucking great because that now that build for that match uh, coming up at Extreme Rules. Damn, man. Um, and and Sheamus and uh, and uh, and Gunther coming up on uh, SmackDown. It's it's some good stuff they got going on there. So uh, good stuff all around. Uh, and uh, that is uh, the four way stop. But uh, what have we got here for what is too sweet for the week? Uh, I'll go really quick on this one. Um, you said it. Candice LeRae is back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very happy to see that she's uh, now ready to get in the mix. Um, and we'll see right now. Seems like she's going face. Gargano's going face. At some point, maybe we'll see the heel faction or or them two come together as you know a power couple. Um, but... I'm going to say it right now. My prediction, Gargano and Candice versus Miz and Maurice WrestleMania. That's where I think mm. that we're going to end up with. 
Um, and uh, you, you said it before, Briggs and Jensen versus Gallus. Jesus, that was just fucking wonderful. I, I, you know, when you when you have matches that can be just fucking tedious or shitty or repeated, that's one thing. When you put guys in the the ring who literally will beat the shit out of each other, but be safe about it. Just fucking wonderful to watch. Just good stuff. And Gallus, man, uh, depending on where they're going with them, if they're going to be going back to the UK once Europe starts, NXT Europe starts, or if they're going to kind of develop them a little bit here, those guys could be great. And there's your <laughs> Imperium versus Gallus. Come on. Just right in WrestleMania here now, you know? So good shit. And finally, thank you. Max Dupree quits MMM. Took off his belt. <laughs> yep, takes off the belt. And now we're going to see LA Knight unleashed. Even if they call him Max or whatever the fuck you're going to do, he's going to get the uh, chance to be himself. And that's exciting. All right, Steve, jump into it. Man. All right. AEW Galaxy, appreciate us. The entire Jericho Appreciation Society's uh, championship celebration was great. Uh, everybody played their roles extremely well. Uh, so too sweet to all of the members of the JAS, uh, especially Chris Jericho. Um, between this stuff that he did during this promo and then after beating Bandito, um, saying that he is going to destroy every ROH champion, commentator, referee, and ring announcer – before dropping Bobby Cruz with a Judas effect. Yeah, too sweet, bro. Um, also, Roosh. I know I've sung his praises on the show, but this week's main event on Rampage against John Silver, another showcase performance for El Toro Blanco. Um, too sweet to Roosh, who also, uh, in addition to Bandito, Roosh also earned himself a contract offer following his match this week. Um, he's ultra charismatic, has a great look, uh, guy can speak extremely well and can work extremely well. Boom. Let's, let's go. Um, also MJF is just the absolute best mic worker in AEW period. The guy can spin the crowd in any direction that he so chooses at any time that he chooses. He was again in a bit of a mic battle with Wheeler Yuta for whatever reason. Um, I, yeah, whatever. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say we're all just buying time until MJF cashes in that chip and wins the AEW world title from John Moxley. Let's hope so. <laughs> let's, let's not have it, uh, go another, uh, please no. <laughs> Moxley loses it. MJF wins the next night. Moxley gets it back. Four time champion, everyone. Fuck. All right. Simon Street. So my two sweet for the week goes out to the guys that was showing up twice, Raw and SmackDown, putting in that work. And I got to say, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Gargano, and Alpha Academy. Not only did they have two incredible matches, both on Raw and SmackDown, they put in that work. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I know they've been talented. I know that we've said, but I think that Alpha Academy has arrived. I think that they have gotten in the right lane. And maybe I'm late to the party on this one, but that's okay. I recognize that they are more than ready, not only to be contenders, 
for the tag teams. But whatever happens with the Usos down the road, whether they lose the titles, whatever the case may be, I can see them in a year being tag team champions again, but this time having more of a solid run because they're in the right, they're just in the right frame of mind. Also, too, Sami Zayn spoke on a little bit earlier, but man, just just amazing. Even like on SmackDown, you know, Sami Zayn and, and Solo Sokoa versus uh, uh, Ricochet and Madcap Moss. I mean, look, anytime I can see Sami Zayn deliver, uh, you know, Blue Thunderball, it's it, it just it's always amazing. And then that one where he did it in SmackDown, to where he, he did it off of like almost a counter, almost if, if I saw that, that was sheer delight again. And then of course KO. Uh, what I'm seeing here is a lot of the veterans who have roots in indie wrestling, ROH, stepping the fuck up to make sure that things get done right and to help push some shine on the younger talent. Too sweet for the week for those guys. You know, Alpha Academy, very interesting because one of the things that we tend to forget is that what is needed in pro wrestling are the guys who are going to be losing, but yet you can't consider them losses, you know, like, like guys who are going to lose. And I think that that's what Alpha Academy is now bringing. I think that anytime you look at them and they get in the ring, you're pretty sure they're going to lose the match, but you can't just say, oh yeah, this is, you know, it's over. Okay. Because they're letting them do stuff. I mean, let's face it. We knew Otis was going to fucking lose to Braun Strowman last week. But at the same time, <laughs> there was that much just anticipation. that Maybe, just maybe that Vader bomb, the referee accidentally hits that third count and he gets a pit. <laughs> so it's, it's entertaining to watch those guys, like you said, step up. And I think that's very important. Um, but, you know, a lot of times during the week things don't step up and that's when you got to go what the fuck sin city wtf <sighs> whoever said that nerves didn't exist soraya spoke her first words in an AEW ring during that promo she even said she was nervous and unfortunately that was plain to see her promo was almost universally shit-canned. Uh, she even commented on her social media that she was a little rusty, her words. Um, here's to hoping that she finds her groove sooner rather than later. Because, uh, yeah, she kind of got bested on the mic by Britt Baker in that same exact promo. So, yeah, yeah just not very effective. Um, yeah, honestly, the entire segment just had me questioning what the fuck. Um, and then elsewhere, what an absolutely shit response for Juice Robinson. Um, Philadelphia is usually known for having fans who are a little bit more in the know than most parts of the country. They were absolutely sitting on their hands when Juice came to the ring and during most of that match with Moxley, um, who the thing is, Juice had really kind of done great things in Japan as part of New Japan. Um, the commentators were actually quick to point out Juice is only one of two men that John Moxley uh, has lost a match to since Moxley showed up in AEW. And absolutely no response for Juice Robinson. Um, Philly, 
What the fuck? Yeah, um, I'll I'll jump in because you got you covered a couple of mine right there. Um, I agree. Uh, Juice Robinson, no reaction. And in on top of that, man, picture in picture, we see Mox again gigging and bleeding during fucking a picture in picture against Juice. I've never wrestled in this company, but wrestled the champ right away, and he gigs Robinson. That was just, yeah, everything about that was handled wrong. And I think Juice Robinson got fucked royally by making an appearance like that just to lose to Moxley and no one cared. It's, it sucked. Um, Soraya, you're right. This is why scripted is needed in pro wrestling. I don't care if you, you know, don't make them go, you know, word for fucking word. But give them directions so when they go out there, they don't look like a fucking blabbering idiot. Um, I did not like the Jericho Society talk for the first fucking 20 minutes. Uh, it was raw. It was fucking old raw. It was just like, what is going on? But even worse, the 2.0 guys, do they have to scream everything in the ring? Of course. <laughs> what the fuck of is course, that? Dude. that? That's part of the draw. Oh, and then on top of that, the next thing we get is MJF and Yuta, and MJF is good as he is. Yuta just starts screaming back, <laughs> and Yuta sounds like a twelve-year-old kid trying to, you know, get attention. It's like, oh, dude, I I love him as a wrestler, but he just does not have that mic skills. You know what? Put him with a mouthpiece. Yep. What the fuck? Ethan Page does not need the mouthpiece. He does. And finally, Jericho versus Danielson again. Really? You fucking kidding me again? Okay. What the fuck? Simon. So my what the fuck for once is going to be almost a whole show. And that's going to be NXT this week. I felt like they dropped a little bit below, below par. And, you know, I got to give uh feedback is even though it's just based in my opinion i am saying what i'm going to say based on the consistency that we're used to seeing i understand the reality that sometimes you're not going to have great weeks but this week in my opinion really was lower than what the bar should have been reason i'm going to say that is you know as i mentioned the only highlight was the main event but some of the things that are i would say the opening uh, you know, with Braun Breaker, you know, agreeing to basically a triple threat between JD, Madonna, and Dragunov. Okay, and the end. But some of the other matches were not were not really good at all. I mean, the ladder match qualifier, Wesley versus Tony D'Angelo, it was par at best. I think it was great that they brought out one of the Connor Kier kids. I think it's called the King Crusher. I think that was cool. Uh, but it just just didn't have any energy that it should have. And then you know, Soruka versus Amari Miller. That was something less to be desired. No energy. Even the Cameron Grimes and Joe Gacy, you think that we would see something that we've seen before a little bit be more fire. I just felt I felt like it was running optics. Like we were just kind of seeing what we've seen before. Um, you know, Nikita Lyons, you know, and Caden Carter, that was somewhat interesting, a little bit better, right? Uh, but even still, I mean, like, like overall the show which usually comes out being a B in my standard, really was a C minus E D average wise. So NXT is going to have to do something to fix that. But again, that's just my opinion. 
So I'll, I'll, I'll I think, uh, and I'll hit on exactly. You said energy, and that's fabulous that you said that because it literally was their third show in the tape. They actually taped. So yeah, true. This is this was our, you know, five and six of a taping. So energy, that's fabulous that you picked up on that because I think that's exactly it. You know, what are you going to do when you're in fucking hour five or six? It's like, oh, God, dude, I've been out here three times already. Fuck, we got to do this again. So maybe that was it. We'll see what happens with a brand new episode this week. Uh, And speaking of that, it's time for the lookout. Simon, what are you looking out for? Man, oh, man, oh, man. I am looking ready for Extreme Rules. I think it's going to be pretty amazing. I think the matches are all set. I think it's going to be really good. I think that um, I, for one, when they had the new direction of Triple H basically being part of you know his new, his new job role, um, I thought of a lot of pay-per-views that were not great or not what they present to be in Extreme Rules being one of those. Many a times for me, the last three years, it didn't seem very extreme. It seemed very safe. So it was more like safe rules, not extreme rules. And um, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, the match to have the main event on NXT, there is ways to be able to do it and still be safe and present that. That's the great thing about, about pro wrestling is you can do that. So with that being said, super, super, super excited for everything coming up. Um, you know, and really that's, I'm going to leave it right there. There's not much I can say about it. Everything that Raw and SmackDown has done to really build up storylines and get us ready for Extreme Rules, I'm expecting a B, A minus show, if not an S at the end for Super Tralifragilisticexpialidocious. Hit somebody with a kin stick and call them Macadocious because that's what I want for Extreme Rules, baby. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll echo you. Um, I'm definitely excited. Uh, the Ronda and Liv, which I thought was going to be shit, man, it looks like, hey, this might be something. It's going to be Liv's test, man. And uh, after this week and, uh, you know, the the way that those two just – you just got people trying to break shit up and stuff, it, it feels different. And that I've never felt about a Liv Morgan match ever in my fucking life. Like this is something new for her. So we'll see if she fucking sucks. Then please cut her, let her go. <laughs> bye bye. Um, and dude, when they announced Finn versus Edge in an I Quit match, okay, you got me listening now. All right, you know because listen, Finn versus Edge. Eh, all right, I quit. Okay, maybe they'll bring the intensity, and that's the kind of match if you put that on as the first or second match, if they bring the level up, everyone else will have to fucking top that mm-hmm. for an I quit match. That could be your sleeper. So it's going to be interesting to see. And again, I'm looking forward to Halloween Havoc. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Again, Braun, McDonough, Dragunov. I think that's going to be a great three-way match. And uh, this coming week on NXT, dude, Cora and Roxanne on the Waller Effect. I really think that's going to be nice to see. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, Steve. How about yourself? All right. So, 
It certainly looks like as if uh, old Daniel Garcia is going to join the Blackpool Combat Club, huh? Let's hope for that. Um, and they even went as far as to, you know, speculate that Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson would go into the tag team ranks together. Okay. So swerve, so swerve coming up. You know it, brother. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So when, whenever they're whenever they're making those hypotheses. Yeah, I, I just wonder how it's gonna be done. I just wonder how they're gonna they're gonna fuck the fans over on that one. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? Maybe they maybe they'll just you know play it play it right down the middle and do what they've been you know alluding to. Um, we'll see. But uh, regardless, I, I do like them shaking things up and not being afraid to um, you know. To, to change a lot of things. Um, there are a lot of moving pieces right now, um, especially because with everything that's, that's going on uh, in the roster. I mean, sure. you know, losing Punk, Omega, the Bucks, um, it's almost like pressing a reset button. So um, it's, it's very interesting to see how everything's going to shake out. Uh, elsewhere, I really am digging the stuff, just kind of piggybacking off of what we talked about last week in the three count. I'm really loving this ARG stuff that they continue to do with Bray Wyatt um, with his return to WWE. Um, Now, obviously if it ends up not being him, then whatever, fuck it, then it's a giant letdown, but I'm assuming that it's Bray because I'm hoping for the best. Um, You know, the QR codes continue. The, uh, the, the alternate reality game continues. It's fun. um, And it keeps the audience engaged, which is the most important thing. Yeah, and what's really interesting too, uh, I, I almost <laughs> when they had the uh, coordinates, I think it was uh, last Monday the, or Friday or whatever it was or house show that revealed <laughs> that it was Corbin. Yeah, as a city, I was like, oh shit, fans <laughs> will go fucking nuts and fucking throw and oh. Jesus Christ! Look, the White Rabbits, Baron fucking Corbin. Baron fucking Corbin that would be such a letdown. Oh, oh my God, that would be the ultimate heel move. <laughs> Just, to, but you I know mean, what would be cool though? Uh, it's sorry to cut you off, but yeah. what if that was the case for anybody? It didn't have to be uh, Baron. And what it ends up doing is one of the big proponents of why Bray Wyatt comes back. Because I mean, this right here is uh, almost prophesized by the WWE universe. So, I mean, they would pull him out. Why not? It could be, you know, if you want to take that route around, have it be kind of the army being revealed first. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it is a guy like Baron Corbin who is perfect because, dude, he was down on his luck. He's a fucking sad sack, etc., etc. And overall, you look at him and you go, man, he's talented, but at the same time, he's never gotten to that peak where he should be. And aligning him in an army with Bray Wyatt might be what could help him. Um, it'd be interesting, but I think we we will see that reveal. Hopefully, at Extreme Rules is what it, everyone is anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what happens. Um, right now, though, let's see who, what, and where was the best of show this week. Sound of Street, what was your best in show? Man, 
I think that this is now a new record. I hope y'all can be keeping track because I'm going to let y'all guess what was my best in show. I think it's four weeks straight now, right? Is it four weeks straight? Because that's some crazy ass shit. And I was one of the loudest people for the longest. How horrible Raw was. I mean, it was like sleeping with a, a huge ton elephant on top of you. It was that suffocating. And now it's the number one watch show. And I watch it on Monday religiously for four weeks. Yes, Monday Night Raw. All right. Stacked show yet again. Yeah. Great. I mean, small little things that mean the most. Having freaking Miz say shit like, I need real security, not the kind that get pushed around and do stupid stuff. Like, stuff like that makes sense. Do you see what I'm saying? And then later on, freaking Dexter Loomis comes out and gets him in an Oilers outfit. Like, small shit makes sense. And I know they do it on SmackDown, but we expect that from SmackDown. We don't expect it from Raw. And damn, Raw's been coming hard with it, no pun intended, uh, four weeks straight, you know? And uh, it's great, man. I mean, great matches. Like, we didn't even mention it, but it was great. Matt Riddle and Damian Priest, that was an awesome match. You're not my friend no more. I mean, even though, you know, the end wasn't as desirable, it was still great. I mean, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, I mean, shit. Did we ever think that we, remember in the pandemic, we were like, please stop that shit. How many of y'all watched that shit? You was like, man, this is really great. Again, man, shout out to everybody on Raw. I'm obviously WWE because there is no brand split no more. But I'm saying just great, man. I mean, I've been enjoying it. Uh, Steve, tell us why AEW was the best this week. All right. Sounds good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So so, uh, so 100% transparency. I I didn't watch Raw this week. Uh, I did watch SmackDown um rampage and uh and dynamite as well and honestly it was a pretty midweek of wrestling i guess that i picked the wrong show to miss um yeah so yeah i wasn't exactly blown away by dynamite rampage or by smackdown um but out of those three smackdown was the best show that i heard smackdown sorry sorry Dynamite was the best show that I saw this week. I just got done watching SmackDown before the show. Um, so, yeah, it it's one of those things that, um, you know, there, there definitely were some missteps. But I think that one thing that's being overshadowed in the, the Soraya promo was the fact that Tony Storm and Serena Deeb did go out there and, you know, call, call a lumberjack match, a hokey thing if you want. But these two women went out there and in 11 minutes put out a very, very solid match. And I think that that speaks volumes. We, we love to talk shit about the, the women's division in AEW, but we also need to applaud them when they do things well. Um, I, I, was, I was very pleased with the match. The Lumberjack stipulation didn't play in whatsoever, but those two ladies brought it. Um, that coupled with the other things that I, that I talked about at the top of this show, Dynamite was my best in show. You know, you bring up a good point, though, and that is Serena Deeb and Tony Storm should not have a bad match. Right. It's just that simple. It's like that. those are two people who you can absolutely point at and go, all right, that's how you start your roster. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. you know, 
because to me, Britt Baker is a talker, but not a great wrestler. And she cannot stop from being injured in some fashion in every match she's in. But she's a great talker. And she did put Soraya to shame. And was like, here's Paige. Who's... Guys, Paige is the most overrated fucking woman in the WWE history. Because she came in at a time in which there wasn't the level that there is with Charlotte, with Becky, mm-hmm. with, with fucking Rhonda. I mean, you just look at this list. Rhea, um, it's just mind-blowing, the difference. And she was a standout. She was great. She was wonderful. But if you stack her in with that crowd now and give her the full health back, I don't know if she's that good. So we'll see if she gets back in the ring in AEW. Where she stacks with Serena Deeb and um, and uh, you know uh, the champ uh, Tony Storm, uh, and by the way, Soraya fucking totally slighted uh, Thunder Rosa, totally fucked her by just acknowledging Tony Storm as the champ and the best, and it was just like holy shit, okay. Well, I guess Thunder Rose is not on good terms with the company. So, uh, that was surprising. Uh, I'll go with SmackDown. I liked SmackDown a lot this week again. Um, and it's, it's again, Raw and SmackDown, it's like watching a five-hour show now. It's kind of cool that, you know, and it's not like you're going, oh, shit, you know, oh, this, this fucking match, you know, again, and blah, blah. You're seeing things a little differently. You're seeing the little things. Dexter Loomis in that fucking hockey gear. When Miz was giving the speech to that fucking awful security <laughs> group, and you just see this this dummy wearing an Oilers uniform, it's like I'm like, there's got to be something, right? And and nothing mm-hmm. happens, right? And then <laughs> sure enough, when they come back, and they're all laid out, <laughs> it was just like, all right, cool, man. That was a great moment to have him just reveal himself. And the Miz just apparently can't catch a break with Dexter Loomis because nope. every single fucking week Dexter Loomis does something to him, but he lets him go apparently. So it's interesting. All right, that's uh, this week's wrestling talk. Uh, if you're uh, listening to us right now live, we will be back at Two Count in just a little bit. Uh, if you're listening on the actual podcast audio, thank you for tuning in. Tune in to Three Count tomorrow. And uh, we definitely uh, appreciate you guys spending some time with us, whether it be on Sunday night or during the week uh, at your convenience. Uh, Check out all the back shows, too. Um, You know, we found out recently that with Apple, it starts cutting off your catalog. um, So you can only go so far back. Uh, So if you go to uh, Audio Boom and just follow that link. You can uh, find all the uh, back episodes uh, in their entirety. So uh, enjoy that. Check us out. And until next time, happy wrestling, everybody. Enjoy your week. And uh, don't get into too much trouble. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.